Welcome to Below the Line, where we talk about working in Hollywood from the crew perspective. My name is Skid. I'm a former assistant director and your host. Today, we're talking about Everything's Trash, the Brooklyn-based sitcom starring Phoebe Robinson as a podcaster facing adulthood. The show recently concluded its first season on Freeform, and all 10 episodes are streaming on Hulu. I've got two guests today. First, production designer Joshua Peterson. Joshua, welcome to Below the Line. Hey, Skid. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad you could join us. Happy to be here. Also joining us is director of photography, Adam McDade. Adam, welcome. Hey, Skid. How are you? Thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun, guys. I think it's the first time we've had a production designer and a cinematographer talking about their work together, so I'm interested to see where we go. First, a warning for listeners. Today's conversation may contain spoilers for the show. So, guys, speaking of the show, start us out with describing the premise. Everything's Trash is like a sort of a late blooming coming of age tale in Brooklyn. A broke young woman trying to figure out her life, dealing with the chaos of um, her life, juxtaposed against uh, her brother, who's kind of coming up as a young uh, politician. And so there's this sort of theme of like, you got to get your act together because it's not just uh, you who's on who's center stage now. Joshua, following up on what we said before about it being Brooklyn-based, as I understand, the pilot was shot in L.A. Tell me more about the decision to move the show east. You know, if you're basing a show in Brooklyn, you got to kind of shoot there. There's nowhere else like it. And faking it somewhere else is a sort of uh, production tool, um, I would say, for saving money. But I don't necessarily think that that's going to give you the, the exact look that you want. Uh, no shade on Vancouver and, you know, our IA brothers around the world that fake out uh, New York all the time. But, you know, I think that's just kind of the, the long and the short of it. Brooklyn's a character. Brooklyn's a character in this show. That was really up front when I first interviewed for the job. That was one of our very first talking points and very first conversation. Um, so we wanted everything to be very authentic and real, despite the fact that we're still shooting on sound stages. We're still constructing a lot of sets. But to be able to go outside and, and get the exterior environment, um, I think is really important. Well, Joshua, before we bump over to Adam, give me a little bit of sense of uh, your role as a production designer and why these decisions about Brooklyn are important. I'm essentially designing the look and feel of any sort of cinematic production, capturing the tone and the life of the characters within like the visual framework creating with adam a visual grammar and that includes sets construction um you know the skin and the bones the the paint on the walls wallpaper textures and decoration and advising on props and just the the overall color palette so that's kind of you know when i here like we need we want to make brooklyn a character i am excited by that because i walk around here every day and see layered textures and the character of the city and um, being able to reflect that is you know part of my job it's something that i i get a lot of joy from josh we're going to dive deeper into what you did with everything's trash but i want to bounce over to you adam talk to me about your role as director of photography and how you got involved in this project yeah, so I, I got the call from my agent, Sonia Costa, uh, who, who also works with Joshua and, uh, you know, told me about the project and I read the script and, you know, and I, and I loved it. I love the character and of, of uh, Phoebe Hill, uh, who was like an exaggerated version of Phoebe Robinson. 
you know, and for me, you know, when I read a script, it's, you know, I hope to see it. And, you know, as I read it, like, you know, visually in my mind's eye and hopefully feel something emotional when I read it, because that's important for me in terms of the way I like to work with lighting. And kind of what Josh was talking about, you know, Brooklyn was was definitely to be a character. And that's what I pitched, you know, when I put together um, a lookbook for my interview, you know, I, I, in that deck, like I only used my street photography, I, I, I rarely leave my apartment without a camera. And, you know, I find Brooklyn to be inspiring. And it was just really, I think, lucky for Josh and I to, you know, create a visual world uh, of the place we live, you know? So I don't know, I, th- I think we, you know, brought that experience and like, you know, you know, the weird light and texture and, and, and energy of Brooklyn to the show, hopefully. And of course, podcasters are very hot right now as well. And so for both of you, it's an opportunity to sort of catch this trend of popularity around this uh, art form as well. Glad to- We're talking uh, to the hottest one. (laughs) Glad to have you guys on board. (laughs) As listeners know, one of the themes of this show is talking about how filmmaking is a collaborative art. But I want to speak specifically to how it worked for both of you on Everything's Trash. Well, I mean, it started with, you know, Joshua and I just shared our our lookbooks that we created, you know, you know, what we pitched, you know, when we were trying to get hired and, and, you know, it was like a very pleasant surprise for me that we were very much on the same page from, from the get go. You know, we had a lot of uh, similar ideas in terms of quality of light and, you know, just the general like feel and tone. And, you know, even though we're making a comedy, like we wanted it to be cinematic, we wanted it to be emotional, we wanted it to be interesting, you know, we wanted it to be different, you know, so, so I think that's where it sort of began that we were just sort of creating our we shared our, our preliminary, you know, creative ideas. Yeah, our first conversation um, was really the start of it. I mean, we hopped on the phone and just <laughs> to meet one another. But I think we were both excited by the possibility of um, uh, what we were presented by Freeform as like, we don't want to make it look like a sitcom. We want yeah. it to look real. We want it to feel real. And then in our early discussion this all happened on like the same day but our early our i think our tandem like earliest conversations that we had with um our producing director chioke nasor uh who directed a majority of the episodes we had like just a few sort of key buzzwords and references to move off of but they were all things that when we were talking to each other just immediately fell into place as like oh man we could we could talk about this show for hours and never get anything done um but it was it was exciting it was exciting to um to just like click right away and know that we were like you know it's like it's it's you you don't always know you know it's scary working with somebody new for the first time it's you know taking on a a show like this that you know has somewhere in in the ballpark of like a 40 million dollar budget it's like who who, you know, we don't know yet what, so it's all excitement at the beginning. So you don't know what the, what the pains are going to be or, or whatever, but um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was great. And I think that that carried through the, the whole time. I mean, we were both just, we started a mutual admiration society, you know, we, <laughs> we did our, our work really complimented one another. I, I, I looked at Adam's street photography, you know, when I had like finished crafting my boards and met with the team and, that just like got me more excited about how the world that I wanted to build was going to be shot um, naturalistically, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we geeked out super hard. I remember like, you know, like when we found out we got the job, like we were on the phone for an hour, just, you know, thinking about 
oh, we could do this, we could do that, we could do yeah. this. There was just like, you know, an energy there, you know, and even from like, you know, I think the first week that I started, I, you know, I immediately, you know, you made your creative documents like shareable with my crew and I did with your crew and that, you know, literally from day one, when I started my prep, you know, I was sharing with everybody and we're just like getting the collaboration going immediately. And, and it's always helpful when, you know, you have a shared vision, you know, that that's, you know, in step, but at the same time, like I felt we inspired one another and brought ideas to each other that, that we didn't consider, you know, it was, it was really cool. And give me a sense then when I'm watching the show, what I should notice that really says Brooklyn. I mean, I think one very simple one, and, and actually this wasn't a set, this was on location, the very first scene where she's in the, where Phoebe's in the drugstore getting the, you know, the, the plan B pill and she goes out front to talk to Jade and her brother, which is, you know, his introduction to the, to, you know, on the show. And for me, it was like mixed lighting. It was like the weird, crazy color temperatures of light that you'll just see in Brooklyn. Yeah. That are totally random at times and anomalous and weird and beautiful, you know? So, you know, we had this weird sodium vapor and, you know, she was getting this weird green, key light from like neon in the windows and we had some red light from like the pharmacy sign so i mean that's just like a very very simple example and it's something that um i gravitated towards and um chioke gravitated towards was let's be bold let's be colorful you know let's mess around with all these like mixed color temperatures that exist in brooklyn as, as a simple example and that was also the like my like design overall design scheme for the show Starting with the idea of this, this character is broke. The idea that a broke person is like not expressive is kind of a overdone crime in cinema. I would say. <laughs> and uh, I so for like pick, picking colors for the house and like doing those. I mean, I, I threw out some of the conventional thought processes that I have, which is that if somebody doesn't have means they won't paint their apartment because they're worried about their security deposit. But um, in the case of Phoebe, that's like not the case, you know, and I think that that is more of a show of that to have a, a very colorful apartment. And also that's like still at the end of the day, what a network's going to want to see. They're not going to want to have, they don't want it to be too indie, you know, um, but we still, you know, took that and, scuffed up the walls and really aged things down and bleached out the paint and made the set feel like, you know, that, that specific set feel real and organic. And I think, you know, in terms of like lighting, Adam's lighting scene, when I looked at Adam's uh, street photography early on, it was like, oh, this is all just real available light and capturing those moments. And the thing is we shoot all over the place. You don't have those moments naturally happening. So you have to create them. Um, bring them with you. And so that was really something that we took interior and exterior was really about bringing all that stuff in. So I, I would say the, the biggest example of that collaboration for us is our bar set. Yeah, the bar um, for sure. Just because that's where you can do that. You can get away with something like that. Let's dive deeper into the, the setup of that bar set because for folks who haven't watched the show yet, which by the way, you should go watch it. It's very interesting designed where you've got multiple areas to stage action that you can see the other areas from wherever you're shooting, but also I've noticed in several episodes, it allows you to have sort of a separate action or conversation as well. There's the bar, there's a seating area, there's a pool table. Yeah, both of you talk to me more about setting that up. And then one other thing I'll add just when there's opportunity, 
there might be a general sense that Joshua, you do your work as the production designer and walk away, and then Adam comes in with the camera team and the lighting team, and they're going to do their work after you're gone. But from the collaborative aspects, tell me where that's true and where that's not true. I don't really find that to be true until yeah. they're actually shooting. I am there until the last possible second, and sometimes even way later to make changes. Um, and so when we're when I'm designing these sets, I mean I'm I'm talking to Adam about like how much money is the production giving you for your lighting package? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. can I help you in that regard? Because we're we're we've figured out a look that we want to achieve. Both of us are um, experienced filmmakers and know our craft and know how to do those things. And I think we know enough about one another's um, like like our one another sort of like powers within that that we can kind of create an interplay that that allows us to to still create that. The, the you know this is a very difficult thing to achieve. There's lots of circumstances that are kind of like working against you to create something that's cohesive it's like the battle of every job but i think like at the bar for example it's like i you know we're taught we're looking at references we're talking about things i have an idea in my mind of like what this place is i have an idea of like the type of dive bar that i hang out in and so i just like took adam there you know afterwards yeah. <laughs> i'm designing it and it's because like, it's like this is going to make it make more sense to everybody it's like these layered textures you know it's like this the idea with the bar is that this place has been here for a very long time and all of this stuff has been accumulating over time it maybe has changed hands a million times whatever but that's kind of the the plot there and so that's why you can get, get away with just having seemingly random shit everywhere but we had these Tiffany lamps that my decorator Leo brought in and, you know, we knew what we wanted to cast around yeah. what type of light possibilities. Wanted. So it's yeah. like putting all those in a place where it makes sense visually. It's not like too chaotic for the eye, but just giving us the ability to work with all those different things as, as we, as we desire. And really it, it does come down. I mean, I, the first day that we shot in that bar, I mean, I was adding lights they were like walking over from hair and makeup and I was like making a light out of yeah. a piece of sheet metal to like stick on the wall with so that Adam could put like a tube up there, but so that it still looked like a lamp, you know, <laughs> like, but it, you know, I'm like peeling tape off of this copper shit and like sticking it up. <laughs> it was like, you know, it, it was, we were like literally hanging art and like last lights, like, you know, moments before we shot that set, you know, it was so hectic on the, on the pilot on the first episode. Yeah, but, but, you know, for me, honestly, like, I mean, this was, again, this, you know, this is my first studio show and, you know, I never had resources like this. And I, I honestly, I mean, I, you know, I have not worked with a more talented production designer than Joshua. And we had those conversations early and we had certain film references and we were discussing things about color. But, you know, the thing that was just so fun, too, was to you know, you know, the, the Tiffany lamps that you mentioned about, Leo, you know, that, that Leo brought, but you know, that collaboration of like, okay, let's have motivated light sources. Like let's use practicals as much as we can, you know, let's mess around with neon. Let's mess around with, you know, incandescent, like let's mess around with like crazy colored bulbs. My gaffer, Charlie McNamara, who gaffed the original bad Lieutenant and uh, it's been gaffing for like 30 something years. Like he brought every crazy random light bulb that he had in his garage in New Jersey. I mean, we just got creative, you know, and, and uh, 
and and it was fun and it and it was you know it was i think specifically it was something that Joshua and i had in terms of a goal was to be able to create layers and depth with all of these color temperatures with all of these textures with all of these um you know these incredible details you know that were in, that, that were in the bar and and all the sets in general um, I have to geek out on one thing now, just to give this guy props too. like the scratches and scuffs and like incidental, like nicks and dings that an apartment gets over 10 years of, of occupancy, or I guess in this case, cause it's like really, you know, an old, it's meant to be an older building. Like I was blown away. I mean, it was just things that the camera will never see some, you know, that, yeah, we'll see sometimes, or I, I mean, it was just nuts. Like the level of detail that, you know, Joshua and his crew put into these sets was remarkable. And, and it makes my job so much easier because I have something to light. I have something, you know, for these, this texture, for this, you know, for this light to scrape or envelop or color, you know, it just, it just made, it made my life so much easier just to be able to light these beautiful sets. So going back to the Park Swope apartment, the filming experience in there and how this set helps your job, I'd like you to say a little more. You know, one of the early conversations that we had was spectral reflections, which are like these weird little ghost-like reflections that happen off the shiny surfaces, you know, and this is like one, some, you know, this was an idea I'd mentioned to Joshua in Pratt and his scenic, um, Alex, you know, you know, just use this like third generation recipe that was his grandfather's, who's a scenic you know, to, you know, to give these hardwood floors this incredible shine, you know, that, and Leo created these wonderful curtains in Phoebe's apartment that we called, you know, stained glass curtains that were just these various patches of different colored fabric. And, you know, this is a little detail that goes into the collaboration between a cinematographer and a production designer. You know, when the light is coming through that window, particularly at night, you know, you look at the floors and there's colorful, spectral reflections in the floor that are being captured in camera you know that just it's this level of texture and color and detail that's like both beautiful but i think just makes the world of the story we're creating real you know it just it never felt like a set to me when we were on there you know between the hard ceiling you know the details like the you know the textures in these walls the nicks the scuffs um you know it just it just always felt real I like to get lost in the set and I like to share that with everybody. I think that, mm -hmm. you know, from a performance standpoint, all of that stuff is so additive and important. I think that it's incredibly important. I mean, if at the end of the day, you know, my job is I, I'm here being inspired and wanting to inspire back. I'm, I want to roll out the red carpet for our actors, <laughs> have them in yeah. a space where they are completely consumed by where they are. Um, and the only way that I can get there is to, is to get myself there. Um, the curtains were one of Leo and I's crazier ideas. I was willing to die on that hill though, because I, <laughs> we, we, you know, we had so little time in prep to make a lot of these decisions. So like knowing that like, like one of the, I think in our first conversation, I was like, are you afraid of mirrors? Are you afraid of reflections? Do you like these? You know, I was really, because yeah. I love that stuff. I have lots of reference material for, for reflective surfaces and films that I love, you know, Wong Kar Wai or do the right thing. You know, these are, these are like text, the textual references that I start with um, for something like this uh, to create something that's real. And uh, yeah, I, I just, 
was so excited about that. But then it's like, you, I just kind of had to go with it. So I, I, there's really like, we did not have very much time to get our like Amart sets, our main sets up. And so those things just had to like happen. And so these like curtains were this idea for, you know, creating that look, creating that effect of having color in bringing a, a different spectrum of color into what could just be a painted room. Um, and we were so thrilled that like Charlie was so happy with them and that you were so happy with them. Yeah. And that's also like, a, like just another point that I think that all this is sort of like bringing up is that, you know, Adam and my team and Adam's team and, and, you know, me, like we were a very good team because we all communicated with one another yeah. as a whole. And I think that that was really important. And I think that that's something that you and I also both share as leaders in, as department heads, as people who have to bring a lot of people together and get them all on the same page, get them all into one sort of like set of eyes. Yeah. Which is a wild endeavor, but it's, it, I think it really speaks to something that you and I share that on the show, that was, that was all open. There's no, there's no gate. There's no gatekeeping. We really wanted everybody to be, and, and like every, well, there was so much love between everybody. Yeah. Totally. That, Char that Charlie came in and he's just like so overwhelmed by these curtains. Yeah. And I like told Leo, I'm like, I bet I know <laughs> yeah, who's going to yeah, like yeah, these yeah, curtains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like that, that was just like so fun. Cause we, cause we, I, if somebody had come in and said that they didn't like the curtains, I would have quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would have taken everybody with me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was really, that was really cool. You know, I mean, you know, I, you know, we like literally, I shared like all of, my creative materials and everything that Josh was giving me, like with every member of my team, like every single member of the camera department, every grip, every electrician, you know, and wanted to remind them like, this is what we are making together, you know, and, and, you know, everybody was very much on the same page. And, you know, I, I've learned so much, you know, from collaborating, you know, with, you know, with the folks in my team, like Charlie has forgotten more about lighting than, you know, I may ever know, you know, and then maybe he's picked up some things from me and I certainly picked up things from Josh and his team. So yeah, there were, there was a lot of love and like, it was super, super collaborative, like every step of the way, which I think is really important because, you know, our schedule was insane and incredibly ambitious, you know, like it's, it's, it's remarkable um, that the quality of these sets were built in such a short period of time as well. You know, it was, it was really it was a, you know, it was a massive effort. It was almost an impossible task, really. Well, if there's one set that I feel like could have tested this love, that would probably be the podcast studio itself. Because mm. we're talking about glass walls everywhere. And just mm -hmm. the decision to do that and the risk that you're putting into how you're going to film where every surface is a reflection. You've got glass offices outside the studio itself. Talk to me about how that came together and whether that tested this obvious friendship you guys have in, in making that set work. <laughs> well, you and uh, I was not there. I was like deep in the apartment and the bar. I mean, that I had the bar is the biggest set that I've ever built. So and it's mm -hmm. like it's crazy to build something that has to be that layered because you're like, OK, I'm just going to I'm going to sketch this out, figure out how I want it to be laid out and everything. And then you have a hundred foot by 50 foot set mm -hmm. and then you're like 
how are we going to fill this fucking thing? And so it's like, you know, the, the beginning of the job is like very stressful for me. I'm like a mess. And yeah. um, I mean, I keep, I keep, I think I keep it together pretty well, but. Um, yeah, for sure. Dude, I had lot. no idea. You were, I didn't know you were a mess. <laughs> <laughs> the, the podcast studio, I'm like, I'm sketching out ideas. I'm trying to figure out how it's going to work because it has to match up with the location that we're shooting in for like the bullpen of like the larger office. I'm figuring out what the architectural details are there, how this sort of stitches together with our coverage of how they walk, like how do they navigate there? What's our actual like architectural like geography here or visual geography here? And Adam and Chioke came into my office and they were just like, what about like doing like a circle? And I I was just like, are you guys sure? <laughs> like, Because <laughs> obviously like I love that we are, you know, that Adam is not afraid of reflections and, and all and mirrors and everything like that. As we, as I said before, but that, that, that is like these multiple layers. But for me, ref, referentially, what I'm thinking of is like, you know, radio scenes from movies like private parts or some, something where you do have those like multiple reflections through it's, you're looking into the box to see somebody at their, at their best. And that's something that like cinematically is very exciting to me. So we put this whole thing together and this idea of doing circle track around it. I mean, at a certain point, I just would say, I mean, I'm going to build it and then you guys can figure that part out. Cause you know, there's, a, there's only so much that we're going to be able to do. Cause we couldn't gimbal all those windows. We didn't have like, if in a perfect world, what they would have all gimbaled, we would have constructed it all, but we, you know, we had to do it you know, we were, we were running out of money. So there was, we had to find another way. Um, but I think that it, what, what it turned into is like, great. You have lots of cutting points, filming it on the circle track. I mean, I think it works really well. And I, I, it achieved what, what I wanted for that, which was to be able to look through, through the glass at, at this character at her peak. Yeah. The whole idea of the, the half circle track around the podcast booth was, you know, just to bring a sort of like certain energy and Chioke wanted to have two cameras going at the same time, working on zooms, hiding zooms, you know, the design of, you know, the vertical um, metal pieces holding the glass, you know, created cutting points. It was good. It was beautiful design. And definitely there was an intent there in terms of, you know, the liveliness, the photography should, re re should reflect like, I guess, like, you know, the liveliness and, you know, how funny and verbal Phoebe's show is, you know, and how, you know, of her as a character, and then in terms of the reflections, you know, it wasn't so bad. Like I just had to figure out that I had to treat the set as a hemisphere, <laughs> you know? So I had to keep one side of the hemisphere dark and the other side, which is the background bright. So it still feels lit. One side doesn't feel dark. I'm not lighting up the camera to have it then reflect in the foreground glass. Whatever, it took me a minute to figure out a plan and a strategy and a lot of black duvetine wrapped around my operators and the dollies and things like that. But, um, <laughs> you know, but, it, you know, this is filmmaking. You know, you are presented with a creative goal that can sometimes have some problems that need to be solved, you know. So, so yeah. So, it, I mean, I think it just worked out. You know, I think it worked out beautifully. I think that set looks great. Uh, listeners, if you're hearing us and you've seen the show, Close your eyes and you imagine the three of us sitting in that set. Guys, this has been a lot of fun. On that note, we're going to call it a wrap. Great having you both here. All right. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us, Skid. Appreciate it. Listeners, I always appreciate your feedback. You'll find my contact info on our website, blowthelineoneword.biz. That's B-I-Z. 
You'll also find past episodes and links to all of our social media, so check it out. Gentlemen, one at a time, tell me where we're going to see your work next. Adam, go first. Nothing yet. I've uh, I've had three interviews for some stuff, so hopefully I'll hear some good news from my agent. So now I'm just keeping myself busy shooting some commercials. Joshua, what's on your plate? Um, I'm currently working on a show for NBC uh, with Broadway Video called Bupkis, starring Pete Davidson. We're going to be shooting that through December, um, so that's probably spring of next year. Well, gentlemen, whatever you're working on, I hope you come back to talk about it. It's been fun having you here. Thanks so much. Would Thanks. love to. Thanks again, Sid. Closing credits, thanks to Curtis Five for our music, John Juan for our logo, and to all of our listeners, I appreciate you. Please rate us wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. Thanks again from Below the Line.